It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. And tip top of the morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket for October the 5th. You know, I'm probably in the minority here, or at least in some kind of minority, but this is my absolute favorite time of the year. The leaves are starting to turn. We finally have football weather. It's a little bit chilly out there. And you know what? For the first time in my life, and this is how I know I'm old, the concept of a color drive doesn't, like, turn me off. It's like, hey, I was thinking about this the other day. The leaves are pretty. And if 18-year-old Chris Dewar could show up and punch me in the mouth for saying that out loud, he certainly would. And I don't know that I blame him, but I'm old, so this sounds like fun. You know what was fun? Football last night. And accordingly, we have got a lineup of heavy-hitting guests. Combined record right now, 11-1. and We went all out, brought out the heavy artillery for you today. David Kirby is going to join me on the heels of Monroe City's big win last night over South Shelby. We'll talk about the big game ahead with Jeff City Elias as the Crusaders come back looking for revenge against last year's absolute classic of a game down in Jeff city and on the heels of that huge win last night over camp point central in the battle of the unbeatens we've got robbie howard joining us as well the beardstown head coach and man what a game that was last night and what a statement performance for the tigers we're going to talk about all of it over the course of the next half hour but first of all i want to get into the scores from last night bring you up to speed on all that transpired while you were at least out there enjoying your friday night hopefully at a game but if not here we go it's catch-up time And as I mentioned, it was Beardstown, the number four ranked team in the state in Class 3A, taking down Central, the number four ranked team in the state of Illinois in Class 1A, 31 to 14. End line story on that game, 24 unanswered points from the Beardstown Tigers from about the last 50 seconds of the first half onwards last night. And all turned last night on an Avery Quigley 78-yard punt return with 51 seconds remaining in the first half. He takes that back, ties up the score. It's all Beardstown the rest of the way. As Avery Quigley rushes for 85 yards and a touchdown, he had that punt return for touchdown. He did it all last night. Eight tackles and two interceptions as well. And Pascal Gilavogi, what a night for your potential KHQA Player of the Year. 17 carries, 234 yards, two touchdowns and a 37-yard field goal. The WIVC was fun last night. Brown County rallies to beat Unity 29-21 in Menden as the Hornets improved to 3-3 three and three on the season. Wyatt Fink, 24 carries, 157 yards, and two touchdowns. Seth Fisher had 110 yards rushing and a 23-yard touchdown reception for the victors in that one. Triopia scores with four seconds left on the regulation clock last night to beat Jacksonville Route 14-7. Cordell Walker was your hero in that one. West Central, which was finally back after some disciplinary actions to full strength, nearly pulls up the upset of the season last night, falling just shy against Carrollton, which scored in the game's final two minutes to beat West Central 34-28. Andrew Kaufman, 209 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Back in the fair city of Quincy on homecoming last night, Quincy High School bounces back with the offense to beat Geneseo 33-15. The Blue Devils are now 4-2 and on the season, 3-1 and in the Western Big Six. Jack Rupert's pick six interception of 85 yards was huge, as was a Dante Kreider. He doesn't look 100%, but he looked fast enough to get a 90-yard touchdown reception last night to get the job done. The Blue Devils get the win 33-15. to Rough go of it for Quincy Notre Dame. Maybe their first stubbing of the toe this season as they lose at Modern day 43 to 20 the Raiders are now four and two in the season West Hancock holds off Macomb last night 38 36 story in that game Ike Munson Isaac Munson 42 carries 
Ouch. 315 yards and three touchdowns last night. That kid is probably sore as can be, but he got his team a victory last night, kept West Hancock's playoff hopes alive. Athens a winner, 42 to nothing over Pittsfield. It was Lewiston beating Illini West 24 to 6. Elmwood Brimfield falls to Rushville Industry 30 to 28. Rushville Industry scored all 30 points in the second half to bounce back and improve their playoff calculus. Creed Allen back in a healthy 193 yards rushing, two touchdowns on offense, and a 50-yard pick six in the victory. Also, it was Farmington beating Bushnell West Prairie 40 to nothing. Things were not good for our area in Iowa last night, except on one front. Keokuk falls to Mount Pleasant 47-7 to in a really kind of destructive district playoff loss that may kill Keokuk's chances of moving on. Fort Madison, though, last night, for the first time in 18 years, beats Fairfield. It took double overtime to do it. 23-16 to was your final there, and Central Lee falls to Elbia. In Missouri last night, Hannibal is now 3-3 three and three on the season. Three straight wins with a 69-20 win over Fulton. Uh, Damian French last night, 19 carries, 224 yards, and three touchdowns in the victory. Farmers Cup goes to Mark Twain and a 26-14 win over Van Farr. It was Salisbury shutting out Knox County 21 to nothing. Fayette a 21-8 winner on the road at Paris. Scotland County improves to 5 and 1 on the season taking down West Tran. Statement win last night for the Tigers 44 to 7 in Huntsville. Also North Callaway tips Bowling Green at the buzzer as well 22-21 your final. South Callaway in a scoring fest beats Clopton Ellsbury 49 to 43. Louisiana is on the board for its first win of the season beating Dupo 59 to 28. Eight man football North Shelby left the starters and the seniors at home still beat Chihuahua. 62-12 to last night. A couple of big games ahead. Stanbury and then Pattonsburg back-to-back for North Shelby. And those are big-time contests indeed coming straight ahead. As I mentioned, we're going to talk to David Kirby in a few minutes. Monroe City beats South Shelby 38-12. to Keenan Batzel, another 250-yard rushing game. He's a monster. Big-time win there for the Panthers. Palmyra, a win over Kirksville last night, 33-6. Quarter Lenbauer, maybe his best performance at quarterback yet. 9 of 17 passing, 122, and 3 passing touchdowns. Clark County, incredible performance last night on defense. Shuts out high-scoring Macon, 20 to nothing. Centralia stays undefeated at 6-0, 13-10 over Mexico. And Brookfield beats Highland last night as well. Soccer, rough day for the Quincy's yesterday up at the Burlington go-for-the-gold tournament. Evanston scores in the game's final three minutes to tip Quincy High School in a well-played match. Two to one, your final there. Ben Turwelp had the only goal for Quincy High School. QND loses to Blue Valley, Kansas, three to nothing. Was at that game probably the 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 least impressive performance we've seen in Quincy Notre Dame in some time. They just didn't seem to have it, but they are dealing with some injury issues. Hannibal, a winner at the Camdenton tournament yesterday, to start that off one to nil. Caleb Young had your golden goal there. College soccer last night on the women's side. Evangel beats Culver Stockton 2-1. Culver Stockton men win in double overtime 1-0. GLVC, rough night for the QU men as they lose to Illinois Springfield 5-2. The QU women, though, victorious by the final count of 2-0. And in softball yesterday, Bowling Green with a pair of huge victories, including one over Jeff City, 7-5 year final. They're in the championship bracket over the QB Invitational in Columbia. All right, when we come back, we're going to break it all down from last night with Robbie Howard, the head coach of the victorious Beardstown Tigers. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on Talk Radio 930 WTAD and FM 103.3. Here's Chris Dewar. 
Well, it was the tester we were all waiting for, and Beardstown was victorious last night over Camp Point Central in a much-touted battle of undefeateds, 31-14. to Robbie Howard, the head coach of the Tigers, joins me now. And first of all, Robbie, I know you guys have had such a great run to date, but last night was a different-level test. How proud are you of the way your kids responded, especially in adversity in that first half? Because you were down, you know, after a great start, you were down 14-7 to for the majority of the first half. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, first off, thanks for having us, Chris. Um, yeah, just like you said, very proud of our kids. You know, we, we definitely, uh, I think we did a nice job handling the storm. Camp Point did a fantastic job coming out in that first half. And besides that, that first long run by Pascal, really, they, in the, in the punt return, you know, our two big plays. Besides that, anybody who was out that ball game knew Camp Point owned that first half. And, uh, like we knew they would, they came out, they had a good game plan. Coach Dixon always does. And, uh, really proud of my kids for, for, Coming in, making adjustments, having having the you know the, the intelligence to let us make adjustments at halftime and uh, executing that game plan in the second half. I'm going to get to the second half in just a second, but you are down 14 to seven. You're driving. Camp Point Central pulls off a goal line stand at the two yard line, and it felt like that might have been the chance they had to punch you. You are really judicious with your timeouts at the end of that, and you do get a stop. And you you touched on the Avery Quigley punt return. You had 51 seconds left, and he kind of fielded a ball that we all went, "Oh, do you really want to field that?" I, I guess you have that much confidence in Avery, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know. um, you know, all that we have, we have three or four, uh, three and four year starter kids that, that we have a ton of trust in. And, you know, watching that on this morning, the blocking up front, Pascal had a huge block to even set up the chance for, uh, Avery to field that ball. And yeah, the timeouts at the end, we, we know that we have, you know, two, two and, and even three or four kids that, that can be, you know, highlight type kids anytime and break away. So we want to get that one last possession. We always have that big play potential and, uh, we want to give our kids a shot. Avery stepped up, the kids blocked and, that was huge. That was huge going in 14-14 at the half instead of 14-7. Yeah, you, you know you're going to get something when Casey Ray is calling an offense against you every single time. And last night they leaned heavily on Jackson Mueller and Clayton Bowler rather than Brandon Ross Miller early. You guys made the adjustment to that in the second half. Did you, did you kind of get a sense that that – because you have such a great defense and such great defensive ends. What did you see that you really needed to tweak defensively to try to stop that central run game? Yeah, just like you said, you know, they were they were more fullback reliant than they had been in the past, and 20 Mueller did a great job. Um, 25, 27 were, were fantastic as well. But, yeah, early on in, in, in the first half, really, um, like I said, I was probably, I probably had Clement and Oscar both in, in poor position. I think we played them a little bit too wide. We played them inside that tight end and, and really took away the second dive and uh, let Braden, Clint, and um, our nose tackles focus on Mueller and, and, and let Braden and, or I'm sorry, Oscar and Clement really focus on that second man through along with Denzel and Avery. From your, from your standpoint, this is a different level win. You've had good wins to this point, but this is the kind of thing you spin forward. And I know you guys have had success the last couple of years, and it hasn't netted what you wanted in the postseason. Do you feel like you're maybe in a better place? Because these are older kids, as you touched on, more mature kids, and they kind of now know what to expect, especially after last year's first-round playoff game. Yeah, I think so. Like you said, you know, we, we, we've had some good regular seasons. We, we fell a little bit short come postseason time. But yeah, we have, um, these kids, a lot of these kids have been a part of it. You know, Pascal, Avery, Clint, Braden, um, Dylan Lyles, a lot of these, Tristan Gann, a lot of these guys have been a part of it for, for three and four years now. And, uh, hopefully that maturity and hopefully the, uh, ability and, and the, the ability to win and knowing how to win, which I thought we displayed in the second half last night, hopefully will get us over that edge when it comes that time here in three or four weeks.
you guys have been so fun offensively. And for people who haven't seen you play, you'll you'll line up at a traditional eye. You will line up in a wildcat set with Pascal Guillevogi at quarterback. Uh, you've got Clint Cooper who can who can deal it around. You've got good wide receivers. I mean, there are a lot of different things you can do more versatile versatilely than I think maybe you could do in the past. You you could just kind of play. Is that just kind of a feel thing for you calling plays, Robbie? Yeah, I mean, I, we have our, our my assistant coaches AJ Gann and Kyle McCormick up in the booth do a great job, you know, talking to me, telling me where we got alignment, where we got coverages, and all that type of stuff. But yeah, we feel we feel like that um, we can be multiple in, in, in our production, but we're really we're only running three or four, you know, base run schemes, and, and, and obviously we have our route concepts. But we're able those kids, and that's a credit to the kids to be versatile and be able to being able to know multiple positions. You know, not too many people, I think. Um, have their quarterback also be the lead blocker and quarterback ISO in their, in their Wildcat set. But Clint has that unique body. You know, he's a six foot two, two hundred and fifteen pound kid, athletic, and 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 like you said, he can throw. He's, he's Coach Lewis's best pitcher in the spring, and he can throw it. He's he's our leader under our for our under center stuff. But yeah, him and Braden having lead up for Pascal. That's a that's a pretty nice luxury to have. People have heard Pascal's name for four years, and, and before that, if you're a junior high school track and field fan, he's a special, unique talent, and he's probably, it's no secret to anybody, he's probably the front runner in the area at this point for player of the year with what he's done. What kind of kid is he for people who don't know him, Robbie? Oh, he's a fantastic kid, you know, and that's, he's a great, just like you said, he's a great football player, and obviously that's what, that, that's what gets his name and then lets everybody know him, but, but he's twice as good a kid. He's, got a, he's, got a, he's a great student, A-B student, um, National Honor Society. He's our student council president. He's the leader of our school. When, 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 when things are going, we're struggling in our school. He's a kid that we can reach, we can lean on, and uh, know that the kids will listen and respect. And yeah, he's a fantastic kid and 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 uh, really good football player as well. A last one for you. I know the mission's not done. Obviously, last night was huge, but you still got work ahead. Jacksonville route to finish off and win another WIVC North title, and then you're in building mode. And the back end of your schedule is not easy, obviously, with Carrollton looming out there as well. Uh, what do you have to do to get where you want to be, Robbie, going into the postseason with this last stretch of three games? Yeah, like you said, um, hopefully finish off the North this week and, and, and compete against a better Jacksonville route team. But, yeah, we finish off against Greenfield and who beat Carrollton and Carrollton. So if there's if there's two teams that that hopefully got us already in playoff mode, I mean kind of weeks like we had this week, we know they're going to be quality opponents. Going to have to have a good game plan. Going to have to execute to, to come out victorious. But hopefully that gets us going, and hopefully that kind of you know you see it you see it this time it's playoff baseball season. You see those teams they get hot the last two weeks of the season. What whether you know they were they were at the top runners the whole year or they were kind of in the middle of the pack. They get hot those last two years, get in on a on a wild card berth and kind of flow. And hopefully that's what we're hoping to do. Hopefully get hot these last two and three weeks and, and get rolling week 10. Well, congratulations last night on a huge and very impressive win and on all the success you've had at Beardstown. I don't know if people remember what Beardstown football was like before Robbie Howard showed up and changed the entire culture, but you have done an amazing job, good sir, and it's great to see a proud sports town get to be proud of its football team again. So hats off to you, Robbie. Thank you very much, Chris. The words are appreciated. And we will now move on. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to check in with another guy whose football team is red hot at this point. David Kirby's going to talk some Monroe City football straight ahead. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on WTAD. Better bed, less money. Sleep Tight, 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Once again, here's Chris Dewar. Southern gentleman, new father, outstanding state championship high school football coach, and as of yesterday, the Misha National Field High School Foundation's 
track and field coach of the year in Missouri, Mr. David Kirby, joins us now. Always a pleasure. And first of all, we'll get to football in a second, but I know track and field probably doesn't get as much run and as, hot, as much hype, but the, the year that you guys had last year, just how gratifying is it as a program award? Because I know you'll never talk about yourself, but as a program award, that what does that mean to you, David, just to have your track and field program in Monroe City so nicely recognized? It's a really special honor. Um, it really brings a light on to, you know, all the kids that participate and all the coaches that coach. You know, somebody asked me what I thought about it, and it is a neat honor. But I also know that those things are – you get those things for having really great kids, you know, kids like Blake Hayes and C. Talton, Zach Osborne. You know, those kids really help really kind of bring that program back to the top tier that it was. And guys like Rick Baker and Roger Berry, you know, Laura Mulvaney and Kerry Williams, they all help coach. And, um, you know, I'm just I'm just a small piece in that puzzle. And it was, it was just neat to, to know that that recognition was for all those people doing a lot of hard work and all those kids working really hard and buying into our, our program's culture. So I'm pretty excited about it. Well, hats off to you and to everybody who's had a hand in that. I want to talk a little bit about your football team now. And obviously, I hate to pick at scabs, but week one was not what you wanted it. But it seems to have focused you, that loss to Centralia. I know you came back and had a really intense week of practice. What's changed, David? What have you really found that has been different in your team post that kind of exposure loss you took in week one? I think one of the things that we got back to was focusing on, you know, the the core values of our program. Um it's real easy to kind of get lost in, in some of the hoopla and different things. And I think week one, we had a lot of really good kids playing. We just weren't gelling uh, the way we needed to. And, and it was because we maybe were not as focused on our, our core values. And we kind of got back to that. And the kids have been, you know, we've, we've really grinded the past few weeks in practice. And we've really reminded them of, of what our, our core values are at Monroe City. And, and they've been really living up to those values and working hard in practice. And we're starting to get a little bit better. You know, kids are really starting to come into their own. And it's exciting to see them mature throughout this whole process. And I'm really excited about, you know, this upcoming week and what we can do and see how good we can be against a, a larger school opponent. This is this is a really difficult stretch, and you mentioned it. You're, you're playing Jeff City Elias, and for people who don't remember, you beat them last year on a Zach Osborne touchdown, almost literally as time expired. I'm, I'm going to guess you're probably going to have the Crusaders' undivided attention this week in Monroe City. Are you not? Absolutely. Uh, you know that was one of the things everybody asked me. You know, do you think they're going to going to know who you are? And I said, oh, they'll, they'll probably know who Monroe City is this year. And you know that's the thing. Our kids understand that. Um, we know it's a tough game. They're a good football club. They're very dynamic. You know they've got a great coach and coach Hinges, and they've got a lot of really good players. So, but with that being said, we got a lot of really good players too. And um, our kids don't back down from challenges. You know we might go into games, we might lose some games, win some games, but our kids really focus on the challenge at hand. And they're going to come out and they're going to play their butts off for 48 minutes, and we're going to see how good we we are against them. Uh, everybody talks about Keenan Batsell, and rightfully so. He's an all-stater. He's fantastic. Another 250 yards last night. But what I love is the cultivated balance you found on offense. You know, Mr. Hayes has stepped in nicely at quarterback. You've got other pieces that have stepped up big time in some huge shoes. And I think your line's been really good ever since week one. Are you pleased with the way everything has kind of gelled together to get you some dynamic away from just allowing people to focus solely on Keenan? 
Um, yes, you know, that's our goal is we want to be a balanced offense. And, you know, sometimes that balance is giving Keenan the ball 30 times and letting him do his thing. But we're able to spread the ball around a little bit. You know, um, I think we had one game where we had seven different ball carriers. But, uh, and Kyle has really stepped up. And I think he catch, he catches a lot of pressure, but he puts a lot of pressure on himself. And, you know, he doesn't need to. I mean, he's a good football player, makes a lot of real good decisions. You know, occasionally he makes a sophomore decision, but, you know, that's part of growing up. And, you know, you get kids like Aaron Plum who can really get out on the edge and run our jet sweep, and he can run inside on our belly. But then Antoine Battles had a phenomenal year. You know, Antoine's like a, a utility knife. He's, he can pass, block, he can catch, I'm sorry, he can catch, he can run the ball. He's a great blocker, a uh, real good defender. You know, he had a great great uh, strip and score last night. So, um, you know, we got a lot of kids out there. And our offensive line, you know, I'm, I'm probably harder on them than, than anybody else because I coach that spot and I've set a real high standard for for that position. But those kids work real hard and, and we're continuing to improve. And it's fun to see them. You know, I, I like hanging out with them every day and working hard and cutting up jokes and having a good time. And on Friday night, those guys coming out and performing and, and they're doing a real good job. I tell you what, you kind of beat me to the punch because I was going to ask you about Antoine and just his amazing volition, and, and you touched on it. That kid is that's tougher than nails. I mean, he just gives you a little bit of everything. Yeah. But he's also set a really nice tone defensively, which we haven't talked about, which you did a great job. South Shelby has weapons, and obviously a quarterback who can yeah. beat you a number of different ways in Daniel Burke. You guys did a really nice job last night kind of tuning it up to that next level. Uh, I, I guess that's a really important component of what you have ahead because you're facing some really high-scoring teams the next three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, South Shelby's a good ball club, and I think I'm going to go out and say it. I think they're the district uh, favorite in that district, regardless of the record. They're tough, they're physical, and their quarterback's dynamic, and they've got some real good pieces there. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to improve on defense uh, each and every week. That's the thing, and I've said it all all year long. We got a lot of young kids, but uh, they're starting to mature and really do a good job of understanding our defensive scheme. You know, Coach Idris does a great job of putting them in good spots, and, and he's really dialed it up. And we know what's ahead of us. Um, we understand that. And our big thing is you know, we're just worried about Elias. Uh, I know it sounds cliche, but that's that's the truth of the matter. We're going to focus on them and you know, hopefully play a real good game this next Friday night and then let the cards fall where they may. Well, fantastic job to this point. Love to see a team bounce back, and and you touched on it. I mean, you did get caught with a with a punch. Life isn't about you know what happens to you in the moment; it's about how you respond to it. And your team has done a great job with that, and you you should be very proud of those kids for the the volition and the the heart they've shown. So, David Kirby, congratulations to this point. Best of luck against Elias, and best of luck the rest of the way. Hey, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be talking football with David Kirby, and we have got a huge Week 7 ahead of us. So many great games. You heard David Kirby talk about Monroe City Elias, Palmyra Clark County this upcoming week. Also a gigantic game on our docket. Huge game coming up for Quincy High School. Q&D is at Macomb. Lots of good stuff in Week number 7, and we can't wait to talk it and break it all down with you. And by the way, just in case you missed it, 
Believe it or not, the fall postseason starts on Monday in Tri-State Sports with regional golf. I'd like to talk a little bit of that with you because we've got so many good teams, both boys and girls with Q&D and Macomb and the Quincy High girls, obviously. So we may talk a little golf with you right here next Saturday as well, hopefully with a couple of regional champions. That's it for me. Thanks for getting up early with us here on the big show right here on Saturday morning. Thanks to the good folks at Sleep Tight for their sponsorship and their patronage. We're all out of time. We'll see you right back here next Saturday at 8 o'clock.